Well, hey guys, thanks so much for tuning into the Harbor Teaching Podcast. We hope that the messages you will hear are both uplifting and challenging. And now, welcome to the Harbor. Yeah, guys, this is going to be a great night, fantastic night. Um, Man, ultimately, we're going to walk out of here if you're a Christ follower, uh, prayerfully baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's something that's accomplished by faith and trust in Him. However, um, I think there might be a lot of confusion uh, about who Holy Spirit is and what He wants to do. Uh, Any Pocahontas fans um, in the house tonight? I always say, we just did this with my students last week. Uh, we look at the Holy Spirit like Pocahontas and we're painting with all the colors of the wind, you know? Like it's like this mystical, majestical uh, thing or it or being within the universe. And Holy Spirit, he's a person. He is God and he wants to be known by us. And he is the God that's next to us, alongside us, and going to overflow out of us. That's going to help us complete the mission that Jesus Christ has left us here to do. But before I can actually lead you guys in a baptism of being baptized in the Holy Spirit... Uh, I want to give you guys just um, some training and education and maybe clear up some poor doctrine uh, prayerfully as we begin the night. So let's begin by doing that. Is um, <clears throat> Who is Holy Spirit and what does he want to do? And as I was looking at my notes right as I was walking up, it reminded me of kindergarten cop for a second. Who is your daddy and what does he do? Right? And that's what I'm asking with Holy Spirit. Like, Holy Spirit, who are you and what do you want to do? There was a, a line we read from the text in Genesis last week that, like, oh, yeah. Like, if, do you guys know the um, Cotton Eye Joe song, Where Do You Come From, Where Do You Go? Did you guys hear it when I read it last night? I started, gig- thank you. I started giggling to myself and didn't realize it. But did anyone else catch it last week? Okay, cool. Holy Spirit's so bummed out at me right now for going this direction at the start. But um, I do love him, and I do love teaching about him. So sorry, Spirit. It's good. <clears throat> but with that, people do uh, abuse who Holy Spirit is, and we misrepresent him at times. And I think as Christians, we are capable of throwing out things that God wants or people God wants, like Holy Spirit, and we let abusers of certain truths uh, ruin it for the rest of Christianity. And I don't think we should do this with the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> We've made the church look bad in many areas, with whether it's racism in the, in the church or uh, misogyny in the church or bigots or church hurt or legalism. And within the church, I think as we see these things, it doesn't mean, yeah, we, we're going to bail on church altogether. But I think you and I were capable on bailing on learning who Holy Spirit is due to people misrepresenting him. Um, I'm very burdened by the prosperity gospel which ultimately is a message saying that if you become a Christian, your life will be good and all your problems will go away, which isn't a true gospel at all. Gospel at all. Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. And I think that people, he, we, they use Holy Spirit to create this like kind of experiential service or something like that, where I have a lot of high feelings and high emotions, but I don't actually walk away with instructions on how to live and how to apply this to my life. So I think that in spite of that, we're not going to give in to the temptation of Satan to not move in power of Holy Spirit because he wants us to walk in his power, his comfort, and his advocacy. And we're going to learn what it is to experience him, desire him, and be baptized by him. So I think that we can make being a Christian um, a list of doctrines, a list of rules and regulations, and a list of behaviors. 
And I think that probably at Calvary, we lean on the side of doctrine, which is a good thing. We, we love the word here. Uh, but there is a side of being a Christian where we ought to feel the presence of God and experience his power. Can I get an amen, somebody? So Jonathan Piper, he says it like this. We believe the doctrines, we do the behaviors, and we infer that we belong to God and that something supernatural is happening. But nobody experiences anything. So I believe that doctrine without experience is not good and at best scary, you know. And I think that experience without doctrine can actually lead to a very hurt Christian and someone that ultimately might walk away from God. So we need both of these things together. So biblical overview of Holy Spirit, the three ways that we see him move. The first one that we see uh, Holy Spirit moving in, and this is for Christians and non-Christians alike, and read me on the screen, is the para movement of Holy Spirit, meaning he comes alongside us. So with every single human in the world, this is one of the reasons why God is good, why God is just, is the Holy Spirit is next to me and you prior to conversion, saying Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and you must submit to him. He is king. He is Lord, and you ought to devote your life to him. You need repentance. And with the believer, even after salvation, we're experiencing the para-movement of the Holy Spirit, ministering to us, talking to us, speaking to us in his still, small voice, saying, this is the way, walk in it. We're quick to, uh, I think, give credit to a conscience, but if you're a Christ follower, I don't know if it's always your conscience. You do want to separate your voice out of that. But I think oftentimes the Holy Spirit's speaking to you and you don't even know it through the para movement of the Holy Spirit. But this is, this is for Christ followers and non-Christ followers, okay? Now, this next part, this conversion movement of Holy Spirit, the in, this is exclusively for Christ followers and happens at conversion, So it says within Romans that when the Holy Spirit comes and lives within you, it's as if the Father has marked his seal upon you. When a king would send a letter, they would take wax and seal the letter with the wax, but the king would then impress his crest found within his ring upon the letter, and you would know where that letter was from and to whom it belonged. The Holy Spirit, he does the same way with us. It's saying that's a deposit, that's an inheritance saying, I know who I am and I know where I'm going. That person belongs to me. They're washing the blood of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is our deposit. He lives within us. This is why we will rise again is because you and I, we're not just flesh anymore. We have Holy Spirit within us as well. And then finally, um, we also have a third movement of the Holy Spirit, which I don't have for you on the screen. That's what we're talking about tonight. Um, But that is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That is him coming upon us. We see this in Acts, and I'll probably reiterate this again later in Acts 1 and 2. The Holy Spirit, uh, it said, Jesus said, don't leave the upper room until the Holy Spirit comes. The Holy Spirit did come. He came and resided inside of them, came to live within them. And then at Pentecost in Acts 2, we see all three movements of Holy Spirit happening. We see in that moment, the Holy Spirit is coming upon the disciples. And then they are speaking in tongues, the outward movement of the Holy Spirit. And then as Peter is preaching to the people at Pentecost. They are experiencing the para movement of the Holy Spirit, moving alongside the people, ministering to them. And then they are being cut to the heart, and they ask, what must I do to be saved? 
we see all movements, right? We see Holy Spirit coming upon. We see Holy Spirit within and dwelt. And then we see him moving out, and we see the power of him moving out. It cuts to people's hearts, and they're saying, asking the question, what must I do to be saved? There is absolutely a second baptism of the Holy Spirit that happens after conversion. This is biblical. Like if you're skeptical of this, then that means you're probably being a good student of the word because I don't think we're taught this very much. But in Acts 19, um, actually, you know what? Let me show you the Calvary Chapel statement on this as well as um, the text backing that up. This is where we stand as a church. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit as a distinct and separate experience that of salvation evidenced by a greater dynamic in the Christian's life, enabling that person to be a bold and more effective witness. Anytime we see the baptism, what we're talking about tonight, of Holy Spirit, there's always an automatic response of witnessing that Jesus is Lord. If you want the power of the Holy Spirit, it's ultimately so that you can go out and be a witness of who Jesus Christ is. But here in the text, we have Paul traveling and journeying to people to talk to them, asking if they've been baptized. They're like, sure, we've been baptized by water. And Paul, he goes and clears up. He's like, sure, you've received the baptism of repentance, which we all must do. But he goes on to say, but have you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? So I examine this. As you examine it with me, we're asking questions. First question is this, is were they saved? They were, in fact, saved. So here's my next question. Critically think for a moment. If they were saved, is Holy Spirit within them? Yes, Holy Spirit is within them. Here's my third question. Had they yet received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? No, they had not. So you and I, you might be in here tonight, and you might not have ever received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, even as a Christian. So it's important that we obey the scriptures, that we fulfill what Father wants us to do in these times. We are Holy Spirit people. Previously, it was God the Father. It was only an Israelite type thing for a certain people group. And then we had Jesus come along. He opened the door for everybody. But what I frequently tell and what I frequently teach is that Jesus isn't here anymore. Jesus is where? He's at the right hand of God. So now in 2023, the move that the Father wants to do in the world is through Christians empowered with Holy Spirit, finishing the work that Jesus left us here to do. Again, John Piper, he says, I think it would be a mistake, you read with me on the screen, to limit baptism in, by, or with the Holy Spirit to a single second event after conversion. Even though you might experience one, that doesn't mean it's a normative way that, it, that this baptism is to be understood. I think this kind of filling and empowering that we receive in such experiences are needed again and again in the Christian life. They're not consistently the same in every season of the Christian life. So Pastor Dave, he says it like this, our senior pastor. He says it's almost as if, as you and I go through the day-to-day life of being a Christian, the struggle, a person still waiting in the flesh, waiting to go home with the Father. Yes, we have Holy Spirit within us. Yes, we might have received baptism of the Holy Spirit, but it's almost like we're leaking. And so we need a fresh filling of Holy Spirit. So you may have received baptism of Spirit before, but I invite you again to experience that fresh filling again. So I'm going to invite the band up as we prepare um, to go into one more song of worship. I'm going to invite you up, and it's going to take faith for you guys to boldly come up here. But Jesus said in John 16, you read with me on the screen, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage. It's good for you, some texts say. It's good for you that I go away so that the helper will come to you. But if I go, 
I will send him to you. See, Jesus came and he died and he rose again, yes, to save us. And he defeated sin and he defeated Satan. But now he wants to come in, he wants to take control. But here's my question for you, is will you allow it? Will you allow Holy Spirit's rule in your life? Is he really king of your life? Are you submitted to Holy Spirit? That's a question I want you to critically be thinking about right now as we worship. What do you need to remove in your life so that you can make room for Holy Spirit to fully take control? Do you need to remove some busyness? Do you need to remove some distraction? Do you need to remove some sinful habits? Do you need to remove some toxic friendships? What do you need to remove right now? So we're preparing to encounter spirit later tonight. You guys, please look with me on the screen. See, Satan has tried to stop God in numerous ways. It began in the garden with tempting Adam and Eve to sin. And just like we would have, they did, in fact, sin. Satan thought he had them then. However, it was ineffective. So he attempts to infect the human race. And then from there, he tries to persecute God's chosen people, tries to exterminate them. It's even true to this day. We had the genocide that occurred in Jesus' birth, ultimately through Herod. All the young children were murdered, and there was an attempt to murder the Messiah. However, God in his sovereignty removed Jesus from that moment. And then Satan again tried to stop God by actually killing Jesus on the cross, which Jesus allowed, obviously, within his control. And Satan thought, again, I've won. However, Jesus rose from the grave, defeated sin, and defeated death. And then if he can't stop Jesus through his resurrection, he knows it's over. So what does he do? He persecutes the church. But all that did was simply make this church spread across the globe. That's how it stopped becoming a centralized thing in Israel to go to all over the rest of the earth. And now today, I think why these nights are important, why we can't be, for lack of a better word, an ignorant Christian in these matters, I think that he's trying to stop us by making you and I deny the power of the Holy Spirit. So God is undefeated. He is unstoppable. See, there's no more trying to stop Jesus because Jesus is already one. Now what Satan is trying to do is to stop you and I from living in the power and the freedom and the beauty and the relationship of Holy Spirit. Read with me on the screen. It says in 2 Timothy verse 1, chapter 1, verse 7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. Man, I'm so often paralyzed by fear, paralyzed what people may or may not think of me. It makes me a weak and fragile person not willing to move, but that's not who I am in power of Holy Spirit. I'm a person of power and love and self-discipline saying I can grow, I can change, I can become who I am in Jesus Christ. In Acts 1.8, we talked about this once and we'll say it again, you will respect receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That's what we're talking about tonight, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
and an automatic response. If you want to receive the power of the Holy Spirit, don't ask for Holy Spirit to come if you don't want to be a witness and testify. And tonight, we're even going to give you that opportunity in here. After this time, we're going to come up to the front. We're going to worship again. And then I'm actually going to lead you in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then we're going to worship again. But then we're going to have a beautiful open mic time to, for you to share and witness and testify what Spirit's doing. So you guys, I'm warming you up with making you come up on, uh, to the stage. But at the end of the night, some of you will be led by Spirit to come up on stage and actually share. But with that, like I said, when the Holy Spirit comes, you will be my witnesses. So if you don't want to be a witness, then I don't think we should ask for Holy Spirit's power in some ways because that's what he wants to do. And the things you're trying to overcome in your life, the things you're fighting, the things you're up against, the things that are frustrating you, when you're like Paul in Romans, saying, Romans 7 saying, why do I do the things I hate? It might be we're falling into certain things because we're not walking in power of Holy Spirit. Instead, you're trying to become a Christian through willpower or look more like Jesus through motivation or you're trying to glorify God with good intentions. All those things are not enough to change us and it's not good enough to help other people. You need power. You need power from outside this world. And you need a person. You need God and he is the Holy Spirit. Because the flesh, the thing still within you that opposes God is too strong. The world, this culture that says that ultimately the things that God has said are good, in fact, they say it's bad, it's in reverse order. The world's influence is too high. And then beyond that, the devil, there's an enemy, there's a demonic power at force within the world that is simply too strong. If we could overcome it on our own, then Jesus would not have come, but he did. You and I, we now have the power to complete the mission of God. And previously, before Holy Spirit, people had to go to stone temples, temples made by human hands to encounter God, but not anymore. In this room, if you're a Christian, there's a room full of temples of Holy Spirit himself. See, the world needs him. And the community needs him. I'm going to have the band come up again. Thanks for that short break. I hope you guys got it out of your system there. Your family needs him. Man, I got an impossible situation going on at home in my family. Utterly impossible. On my own, yeah. But nothing's impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with the Holy Spirit. Man, think of that thing that you're just like, God, why don't you take that away from me? That thorn, God, I'm pleading. And maybe you've been trying to do it in your own strength and in your own power. You need him. But I've taught you tonight what the text says about Holy Spirit. He's next to every single one of you right now. He's in, a, in this room right now with us. So often we say Jesus when in fact it's the Holy Spirit speaking to us. You know, you get done with a community group or uh, you leave tonight like, man, Jesus is really speaking to me. Guess what? It wasn't Jesus speaking to you. Because Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. God was speaking to you, but it was Holy Spirit. So you and I, we just simply got to walk in relationship with Spirit, get to know him. So we talk to you, man, yeah, the Holy Spirit's next to you. And if you're a Christian tonight, he's within you. But right now what I'm talking about is a baptism of Holy Spirit. And it says that when you and I, we receive baptism of the Holy Spirit, we'll witness. So here's the truth. Here's what you guys need to know tonight. Here's what you need to 
wake up to, what I need to wake up to, is that there's a gift within me that God placed within me even before I was born. And that when that gift is lit on fire by Holy Spirit, it's then you're going to be that witness to the world that God has called you to be, created you to be. And it's something you don't do in your own power. In fact, it's impossible to do in your own power. I always tell you that when you're operating in your gift, that gift, your soul is thrilled with a sense of destiny. Why am I not an overcomer? Why am I not a conqueror? Why do I feel discontent? Why do I feel that life is meaningless or purposeless or I'm confused about my, what my mission is? I think so many times it's connected to the fact we're not using our gifting empowered by Holy Spirit. So Jesus wants this for us. God wants this for us. Jesus said, it's important for you I go away so Holy Spirit can come. So would you by faith tonight receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? so that you can go out and be a witness to the rest of the world, so that you can overcome things in your flesh that God's given you the power to overcome. If you've been paralyzed by fear, doubt, anxiety, depression, God didn't give you that spirit. Let's move in power of Holy Spirit so that we can overcome those things and walk in his fruit. Thanks so much for spending time with us. If you'd like to know more about The Harbor, please follow us on Instagram at wearetheharbor. Also, if you need prayer, feel free to send us a DM. Otherwise, tune in next time.